Before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Oladance, wireless Bluetooth headphones which deliver 19 hours of battery life, superior sound, the ability to still hear your surroundings for safety, and an open ear design which means you don't get that achy feeling from wearing them for extended periods. I used these on my 100 mile wilderness run, and if you're curious, head over to oladance.com forward slash ST and use code ST at checkout for $30 off their OWS2 headphones. Also, thanks to Pillar Performance. Pillar, spelled P-I-L-L-A-R, is a sports micronutrition company that I was introduced to after having Sam Parsons from Tin Man Elite on the show a while back. I use their pineapple coconut flavored triple magnesium product, which delivers high potency magnesium glycinate for better sleep and added recovery during my training blocks. If you'd like to try Pillar today and you're an American-based listener, head over to thefeed.com forward slash pillar and use code SINGLETRACK in all caps for 15% off your order. For international listeners, use the same code for the same discount, but a different link. Use pillarperformance.shop. Finally, thanks to Kodiak Cakes, makers of my favorite pancakes. They've been at the center of so many memorable post-long run breakfasts. They don't just taste great. It's 100% whole grain. There's 14 grams of protein per serving that helps with recovery. Go over to their website. Get yourself a few boxes of the mix. In the process, use code SINGLETRACK15 at checkout for 15% off your next order. With that, let's get to the show. Ruth Croft, it's great to have you back on the Single Track Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to get into it. I have so many questions for you. I was sort of poking around on social media and the rest of your, uh, sorry, the rest of the internet, I should say, looking for news on your training. And I think maybe a lot of what I want to cover with you focuses on sort of like the last one to 3% of performance gains for a race like UTMB, which I know is small, but I think for an athlete like yourself and, and what you want to accomplish at this race, it, I think it's critical. It's a difference maker. So it's interesting. Um, the first question I have for you, from what I gather, and this is, this is new to me, you, you have a really sophisticated team around you to, to get you ready for and, and to execute these races. By my account, you've got a running coach, a uh, strength coach, naturopath, which is fascinating, a massage therapist, an energy healer. How long have you had this in-depth a team around you for and, and how much of a difference has it made? Um, I'd say I've kind of like accumulated it over the years and I think a big part of it comes from um, when I'm not running I'm studying naturopathy and so naturopathy is essentially holistic health and I like to kind of bring that same approach to ultra running (laughs) because at the end of the day it's not just about running Um, there's a lot of different aspects that are involved and so yeah I suppose those aspects aren't just helping me with running they're helping me with like everyday life as well. Do you feel like, and again, just, just based on like conversations you've had with other runners in the sport, do you feel like the the team that you have around you, is that, is that a unique setup or do you find that more and more athletes are, are are building a similar model? Um, I think it's definitely shifting, especially in this like last one to two years. I think there's a lot more athletes who are probably using mental coaches. Um, I know with Terex this year, they just hired a sports psychologist. Um, and I think that's the case with other teams as well. Like, I think their teams are realizing that, yeah, it is not just running and that you need more support, whether it comes from a mental coach or a nutritionist or anything like that. I read that you made a coaching change recently. Is it, is it Scott Johnston? 
Yeah, I did. I changed um, in February this year. Okay. Yep. Very good. I, I think, and I, maybe this is philosophical, but um, just given that, you know, you've you've competed at a high level in the sport for a long time, you've had a lot of success. Uh, how do you know when it's when it's time to make a change? And what, what has been the difference for you in this new relationship? Yeah, it was a really hard decision to make. <laughs> I'd been with Jono for eight years. It was eight years. Um, and he's been great. He's been amazing. Um, he's helped me yeah, become the runner that I am today. Um, and we had a really, like he was a, just a friend. So it went beyond just being a running coach. So it was a really, really hard decision to make. But I think I was just at that point in my career where I needed a change. I needed to just keep things kind of fresh. Um, and so that's why I kind of looked at Scott and for me, um, I chose Scott because I was really impressed with how like Tom had done at UTMB. Um, yeah. And so I feel like I also come from quite a running background and I didn't grow up necessarily in the mountains. And so I was looking for someone who could get me really mountain strong. Um, and so, yeah, that was one of the reasons why I chose Scott. I do want to talk about sort of that, uh, having that background and then trying to adjust it to a race like UTMB in a minute. Um, but I, I want to bring up another quote that, uh, th- that you, you referenced in a recent trail runner mag article. There's this, this Paul Lind quote, there's only a finite amount of times you can go to the well like this. And I find that fascinating. And I think what I was hoping to, to ask you here is, do you generally believe that career spans, in this sport are measured more by the amount of races you do than say like your actual age and and where you are in relation to like your biological peak and all that kind of stuff. Oh, totally. Like I I know our sport's young, but I think if you look back, there's been enough athletes who have raced. Yeah. A considerable amount of ultras in a short period of time. And then two to three years later, if that even worse, you don't hear from them. Like our sport is so young. We don't know the, long-term detrimental effects (laughs) of running 100 miles or 100 miles plus and I know personally just from like the last two years when I did western states like I did not bounce back from that yeah like it took me a long time and even I haven't talked about it a lot publicly but um I got COVID in the build-up towards western states last year yeah and after states I put myself in a really big hole and it's taken till like probably midway through this year until I felt like a runner again and so yeah, I think for me, it's always been, I pick 100 miler a year and that's it. Yeah. I, I have to imagine that it's, it's both what makes the sport interesting, but also what makes the sport scary as a professional, that it's, it's very hard to know exactly where you are in relation to, you know, that whole saying of like flying too close to the sun. Like maybe it's the case that you're actually well below that threshold, but could be the case that you're also right there and your career kind of goes poof in a moment. I, I think it seems just from what I gather, like listening to your interviews on other podcasts, you've done a great job with self-awareness and, and, you know, just getting a sense of like when you need to recover, how long you need to recover, stuff like that. Um, one other question I want to ask you just with that team component, you mentioned working with an energy healer for these big races. There's a lot of visualization involved and ultimately like going back to that point you made about getting ready for UTMB you've done, you've successfully changed your perspective around this race as a result of all that. Um, what's an example of how you're deploying visualization for a race like UTMB? Um, how am I deploying visualization? 
there's a big part of me that I I think of the part between um, what is it? It's Valacine up to Coldemonte, and it's kind of like that douche grade. And a big part of me just wants to be able to move when I get to there. Um, and so I visualize that a lot. I don't know if it's going to happen on race day or not, but um, yeah, I think uh, visualization it, it helps massively. Um, but also just ultra running is great because I think at the end of the day, like what it brings up in you and leading into your leading into a race, like it, it makes you question like self-belief, like your self-doubt and all that. And so I think it's, I did get to a point where I was like, ah, oh, do I really need to run ultras? Like I know I can do hard stuff. <laughs> like do I need to keep doing this? But then I was like, oh no, like it's an amazing opportunity to work through whatever comes up um, with you in the buildup and then also on race day too. And I'm genuinely curious here because this is not something that I've, ever attempted to do but like in terms of like the mechanics of visualization is it a lot like meditation where you know you're sitting there with your thoughts and it just your thoughts and you're imagining some sort of scenario coming along and how you're going to deal with it or is there like a journaling component to it where you're then writing it like how does it how does it work for you um so for me meditation it's been a, a massive thing for me probably since the last kind of five years so i've done like a lot of vipassana and then Last year, I did a darkness retreat, which we used to in darkness for 10 days. Um, oh, my gosh. And so <laughs> and so it's just I find like in life we are so distracted and so much comes up that we don't have the space to really go inwards. And, yeah, there's a lot of conditioning from our environment, from our family. Um, and so being alone in the darkness, it lets you, lets you kind of work for all that. And so, yeah, and that, also, that sort of thing comes up in races as well. And so... Yeah, I kind of call on, pull on like the darkness retreat stuff and also like meditation to kind of just calm the mind. And yeah. Were there any other interesting lessons or insights from that that 10 day silent retreat, the Vipassana? Um, depends how much time you've got. <laughs> <laughs> As it relates to, to trailing, like, do, do you find that it's made you a more like resilient runner or it's easier to face adversity? Uh, like, are you ready for, you know, mentally mile 80 of a race more stuff like that i think like so ultra running it it pushes me physically but then the meditation and the darkness retreat it really pushes me mentally like i've learned the most about myself through for doing that sort of thing because it's really hard to sit with your own thoughts in darkness for 10 days um yeah you, you got to tell me also about this use of the hyperbaric chamber. I went on Google and I was like, how do I buy one of these things? I look it up. It's like $40,000. Are you going to some, did you buy one? Did you, or do you go to like some, you know, medical center to do it? And talk about that and then the benefits of it too. Cause this is, again, this is just, I love like the, I'm going to take every single advantage I can get in this sport and, and work towards it. So yeah. Yeah. So a bit of a backstory. So after, yeah, after Western States, I kind of got around to October and then my iron tanked considerably. And then I kept getting really run down. Like my immune system was kind of really shot. Um, and I'd keep getting like, yeah, just really run down. And so I got back to New Zealand finally. Um, and then obviously saw a lot of people, got my bloods done. And again, things weren't great. And so I had a friend, family friend at the time who she was terminally ill with breast cancer. Um, and so she had been using a hyperbaric chamber because um, she was neutropenic. Mm. And so, yeah, she had just bought one. So you can buy soft-shelled ones um, or you can go to like a facility where they will normally have like the hard-shelled ones. Okay. Um, and so she let me use it for, it was like a week. So I just go in there every day for like 90 minutes um, and I was feeling better. 
And then I got sick again. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I'm just going to rent one of these for like a month and just see if I can really just help my, like my white blood cell count and everything. Um, And so I rented one for a month and you'd go in it every day for 90 days. And yeah, my white blood cells improved across the board um, and I was feeling better in training. So yeah, but it was such a commitment though as well, like 90 days. 90 minutes per day is quite a commitment to go into a, a hyperbaric chamber. But yeah, so. Yeah. Well, 10, ten day v- Vipassana versus 90 minute uh, hyperbaric, that, that's easy, right? Um, <laughs> but is, 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 the, is the theory there, it's like you, you're basically sitting in pure oxygen and you're just more efficiently delivering pure oxygen to your body and then just the body takes over from there and recovers faster? Yeah, exactly. And so the one I had was the soft shell ones can get about 1.4, 1.5 ATA. Um, and so, yeah, it's like you're underwater. So you've got the pressure of being underwater and then you're getting fed essentially nearly 100% oxygen. And so it's able to go into your body and like into your cells um, better than, yeah, if you weren't in one. That's super cool. So they help. Yeah. Like it's really interesting. Like once you, once you start reading about them, cause I also did not know anything about them until my friend told me. And yeah, like a lot of people who are recovering from like chemo, um, traumatic brain injuries, athletes, like kids with, um, autism, like there's a, a massive broad spectrum of people that use them. Um, but I think the ones where you see the more significant results is when you go like in the hard shelled ones, and yeah, they're really expensive. <laughs> Thanks to Brooks for their support of our UTMB coverage. I used their Cascadia H shoe way back in 2014 when I was introduced to trails via my through hike of the Appalachian Trail. So this is pretty cool. I've been wearing lately their new high point collection in the field, particularly their waterproof rain jacket and pants, as well as the new and improved Cascadia 17 shoe. The style and the performance across the board are all on point. I even wear that waterproof rain jacket sometimes during these interviews. Check it all out over at brooksrunning.com forward slash single track. Also, thanks to Morton. 80% of my run of the 100-mile wilderness earlier this month was supplied by Morton. I used 25 of their hydrogels, 10 of their 225C bars. They all went down easy. There was no palate fatigue, and they made me feel good because it's all natural ingredients. These are the same products used by top athletes like Tom Evans and Killian Jornet. So head over to Morton.com to take a look at what they got and try some for yourself. And finally, thank you to Features, makers of my favorite trail running socks. They're durable, they're comfortable, they're stylish, and they're trusted by, again, many of the best athletes in our sport. If you'd like to give them a try, head over to their website, grab a few pairs, and use code SINGLETRACK20 at checkout for 20% off your next order. With that... Let's get back to the show. Coming back to, you know, what you were saying earlier about UTMB, I, I do think a lot of people, if, if they were to put a label on you, they would say that you're one of the more versatile runners in the sport. And I know that you do have that that pure running background too. So there, there had to be some adjustments coming into this race for people that have a similar background, like you, a, a similar predisposition for, for how they want to run. Um, what have you learned in terms of like transitioning to the demands of this this mountain hundred miler that you can give advice on? Yeah, I think it's like when even the last two years, just focusing on states, you just get really strong running and the kilometers click by really quickly. And so it's been a bit of a like mental transition to get used to climbing and like really slowing down. Um, but what have I learned? It's been quite a process, like just learning to run at night and, and 
just enjoying hiking. (laughs) At the beginning, I was just like, man, I freaking hate hiking. But now I like get to a a hill and I'm just like, okay, we're hiking here. (laughs) So yeah, they're probably like my main lessons. Coming back to really leaving no stone unturned and and being extremely detail-oriented about this sport, one thing I want to ask you is, do you feel like that part of it, the logistics of it, you know, being dialed on everything, being really in the details about the course, all that kind of stuff, do you believe that that stuff can be outsourced fully to a team? Or do you still think at the end of the day, again, with the context that I'm asking this for athletes that want to be at your level, do you think it's also on the athlete, it's the athlete's responsibility to be as interested in as on top of all of those details to be successful? Oh, totally. You've at the end of the day, you're the one doing it. You've got to be motivated by all this and to find those like gains wherever you can. But I think there are becoming more and more resources where you can get external help for that sort of thing, especially like, yeah, pacing and nutrition and all that. So if you had to put an, an approximate percentage on it in terms of like, you know, to win UTMB, it's going to be like 90% fitness and in, in what you did in training versus like 10% logistics and, and dialing and like aid stations and stuff. What would you put that, that percentage at for the latter, for the logistics and stuff like that? At, I, at your I, level, I at your no level. I have no idea. Like, I have no idea. I wouldn't know how to put a number on that. Yeah. This is like just as much as it's logistics and physical, it's like the mental is such a massive component as well. Um, and for me, like it's still going into, it's still going into a massive unknown. Like when you compare something like Western States to UTMB, well, you can't compare. Um, and just, yeah, I'd have no idea how my body's going to, going to handle that sort of course. And for that period of time as well. Last question I have for you. And I know we haven't like talked much about the actual execution of the race. I I just had too many other things to ask you, but, uh, when you think about how the race is going to play out, maybe, maybe the first half of the race is your goal to be, to be one of the leaders, regardless of how things are playing out. Like, do you want to go and, and, and be there either leading or running with, you know, people like Courtney? Um, how, how are you thinking about that whole, uh, early part of the race? It's me versus the course. It's not me versus Courtney or me versus any of the other women. It's like me executing my plan as best as I can. And if that puts me on the top of the field, then that would be great. But I, it's kind of like Western States. Like you can't go into it thinking I'm going to race the competition because then you're just going to screw up your whole race plan. It's like, yeah, it's like me sticking to what I plan to do um, and executing it as best as I, as best as I can. And then maybe, yeah, maybe we get round to like Valocene and, and, uh, and if I can still move and there's women around me, then yeah, I'll be trying to race, of course. But as I said, like, I won't be focusing on what other women are doing. Awesome. I'll have my like time, time goals to, to hit certain aid, aid stations and, and be trying to stick to that. Awesome. Well, Ruth, thank you so much for your time here today. Excited to chat, excited to see your race unfold later this month. We'll make sure to link to all of your social media in the show notes. Any final thoughts or uh, comments, advice that you want to leave listeners and viewers with before we go? 
no, just I want to say thank you to you. Thanks for doing your homework and doing some research because, uh, yeah, I appreciate it when, when you can ask some different questions. <laughs> it's all, it's, it's, it, I'm a nerd. I, I love this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for me, it makes it more interesting to talk about other things than, than just running too.